0: You're listening to the you Mentor Talk Show, now available on the Emoja app. I'm your host, Fatima Al sayed and on this weekly talk show, we usually invite experts to take us through their journeys as professionals in their fields. If you have any questions for our panelists, you can always leave them in the live comments and we'll get to them during the show. On today's show, we welcome Sara Faour. Sara is an aspiring scientist with a passion for science communication and teaching in academia. Today's show is brought to you by Malakwa's New Photography, and we'll be mentioning more about this soon. Salam alaikum, Sarah. How are you?
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We're very glad to have you on the show. This is a, actually one of the first um, crossovers from between the Mentor, uh talk show and the Umentor Teen Edition show. So this is the first Teen Edition show that I'm interviewing, and I'm glad that I, um, we get to do this with you. That's cool. I'm excited to be here. Great to have you. So um, I know that you started off uh, your school in Lebanon and you did your high school years in Beirut or where in Lebanon? Exactly. In Beirut.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I finished uh, most of high school there. Yeah.
0: That's cool. So what was the process like
1: there? So school is a bit different there um, in terms of you don't really have the same flexibility that you do here in terms of choosing your courses and um, exactly what you want to do. It's kind of more like a curriculum that's just given to you. Um, so there isn't as much flexibility as there is here, but it did prepare me for the hard university courses that I take here. So in terms of that, it was it was good.
0: And what prompted your decision to come and do your school your the rest of your education? So your undergrad in uh, Toronto, in Canada. <laughs> Okay, so I felt that, um,
1: so I did a year of university at the Lebanese American University in Beirut. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a really good university. I was taking courses there and it was really fun, but we didn't get to do a lot of practical experiments. Mm -hmm. Um, Even in our labs, we would be put into groups instead of like each person doing the experiment themselves. And for me, that wasn't a really great way to learn those skills and um i also there aren't any research opportunities for undergrads there not like there no. is here um so i thought okay then i have to wait for like grad school to get some mm-hmm. research experience but i kind of want to get a head start because i want to see like is this what i want to do maybe i don't want to get into research um so i wanted to figure that out through undergrad and um UFT is a really great school so that's where i applied and um and i was reading a lot on their website and i saw how many research opportunities there are and the different ways you can get involved. And I just got really excited and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this.
0: And what was the process like, um, to apply when you were in, you, you applied while you were in Lebanon, right? Yeah. Okay. So what was that process like?
1: Mm -hmm. So it was actually pretty simple. Um, I thought it was going to be a bit harder, but I just applied with my, um, first year university GPA with my high school grades. Mm -hmm. Um, that was pretty much it. It was a pretty straightforward process.
0: Mm mm-hmm. um, Yeah. OK. And uh, did you was there difficulties in terms of uh, being an international student? What was that like? So technically, I wasn't considered an international student because um, I am a Canadian citizen. OK. Yeah. So that made uh, the process um, a little easier for you.
1: Um, I mean, maybe. But it was also in terms of courses um, because my transfer credits were really messed up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't understand what was going on at the beginning, and I had to talk to a lot of people um, and get some help mm-hmm. in that area. Um, and also the way U of T works is first year, your life site, and then you have to apply to your program. Versus in Lebanon, I was in my program directly, and I didn't really mm-hmm. know that something like this existed. I was like, wait, what? you apply to university, then you should go into your program directly, right? But it wasn't mm-hmm. like
0: that, so that was
1: also confusing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I asked a lot of questions, got a lot of help, so it was, it got easier.
0: Yeah, so it seems like if you didn't have, um, you know, that courage to ask those questions, you wouldn't have been able to, you know, apply in that that sense, right?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And like the academic advising center at my school was really helpful. Like Mm -hmm. the first month I was there, I would go there like, every other day <laughs> like they, they had me memorized because um, how much i got i went there mm-hmm. um, but they were really helpful and i would recommend for any student that's like confused about this kind of stuff there's always people there to help you um, they're really there like they're there to help you it's called the academic advising center yeah. um, they have it at most schools if not all so definitely reach out to them they can help with course selection um, career choices like mm-hmm. all that kind of different stuff
0: so Sarah, what? inspired you to pursue a career in uh, biology specifically in this field
1: Yeah so initially I didn't know that this is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually into fashion and business and that kind of world That's but yeah it's like a totally different thing from science right um, but in high school um, when like when we took biology, I found it really interesting. I would even, like, aside from what we were taught in class, I would, you know, go at home, do some research, read on stuff. I just thought it was really interesting. I was really curious about it. Um, And there was this one time in class where our teacher was telling us about this former student that she had that was doing research in London Mm -hmm. and how her research um, actually ended up with developing a certain medication. And I just thought automatically, like, wow, that's so cool. Like, you can help. Someone with, you know, a science career. It just like it doesn't just have to be medicine, you know. Because mm-hmm. we often think someone who's doing bio is going to go into medicine and then, you know, become a doctor, which is amazing. But there's also other options.
0: Um, has the research you've been doing? Um, has COVID affected it in any way?
1: Yeah, it definitely has. Um, my project was actually going to be online, all of it, no experiments, just writing. Yeah. Um, which kind of defeats the purpose, you know, not getting to do experiments and everything. Yeah. Um, But we worked it out in the end. And now it's uh, I'm going to be going to the lab. It's just um, there's more limitation on the amount Mm -hmm. of hours I can go. And, you know, there's a schedule. So we make sure that there's not more than two, three people um, at the lab at any
0: time. Mm -hmm.
1: And masks, you know, Mm -hmm. sanitizing, all that important stuff that we're all doing. Yeah. And then I,
0: I know that you're quarantined right now as well. So... I am. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <an> added, <laughs> oh, just Very added to on everything, right? <laughs> um, so how did you get your research assistant role?
1: Yeah, so, um, so the way you can get involved in research opportunities at U of T is um, just go out there and email professors. Um, open the faculty website, read what they're doing, um, read some of their articles, find what know stands out to you something that really interests you Mm -hmm. and they have their contact information usually and just shoot them an email and say hey i'm blah 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 i'm really interested in your research i would love to get involved um and the way you can get involved is you can volunteer you can do a work study which is what i did as a research assistant last year Mm -hmm. and you can do coursework which is what i'm doing now with the zebrafish project um so there's multiple ways you can get involved yeah but really just start sending out those emails and talking to professors about what you wanna do.
0: It can be a little intimidating for someone who's new in university to reach out to you know, these professors who are supposed to be your teachers. Um, what advice do you give to the people who are a little afraid?
1: Yeah, I was uh, not a little afraid. I was very afraid (laughs) in the beginning. And um, it wasn't easy at all. And what made it even harder is I would send out like 15 emails and get like two responses at max oh wow and yeah i'm like a new student coming from lebanon and like Mm. you know it was like wow like this is this is not fun (laughs) getting ignored you know but it's just it takes time you have to be patient you have to like i didn't give up at that moment i was like i'm gonna keep you know emailing reaching out to people and eventually i started out as a volunteer and now i'm like working on a really exciting project so you just have to be patient and um keep emailing and honestly they want students professors want students so they're not going to be bothered or anything like they are looking for a student it's just they get a lot of emails so sometimes they you know just don't have time to respond to all of them it's just like that it's not that there's something wrong with you or that you're missing anything it's just more that they're really busy people and you may email at a time that they're not available
0: Mm -hmm. Um, but they want students
1: so definitely if you're interested email
0: them and from what I understand, you didn't have any prior experience because, like you said, um, in Lebanon, there wasn't that research role while you're studying. It was only after you'd finished and graduated. So what was the process like emailing pe- teachers and telling them, you know, I don't have any experience, but I want to do this work?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's something that actually like I felt that put me at a disadvantage. And I mm-hmm. was really discouraged at the beginning. I was like, how am I emailing these people? I don't have research experience. Mm-hmm. Um but really, the way you um, can demonstrate that you're a good person for this position is through, you know, you're doing really well in your courses, you're focused, you're interested. Like when you're interested in something, that's a really um, big motive for them to choose you because they want someone who's passionate and who's going to keep, you know, working hard because research is a really um, intense process. So they need someone who's going to be um, a hard worker and Interested in what they're doing, so they can keep going even when there's minor setbacks. Um, and then anything else you can learn along the way. You know, you'll mm-hmm. learn the techniques along the way. Yeah. So there's no problem in that.
0: Can you tell us about um, this zebra finch? I think uh, research zebra that you're fish. doing. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the title of the project is um, the role of neurogenesis in zebrafish memory maintenance. Okay. And so and neurons are our brain cells. And um, the hippocampus is this region in our brain where we have all our memories. So um, previous literature has shown that in rodent models, um, when new neurons um, integrate into, so when new neurons form, they integrate Mm -hmm. into um, existing hippocampal circuits in our brain. And what what that that does is kind of, yeah, so what that does (laughs) is kind of it changes the structure so it leads to memory loss okay yeah so that's been uh, proven in rodent models and we want to do that in we want to see it in zebrafish models that's what we're trying to do and the way we're going to induce neurogenesis which is formation of these neurons is through exercise um and then we're going to use different behavioral assays to to kind of quantify memory
0: um okay. loss now, yeah. tell us in simpler terms, um, <laughs> <laughs> just for the people who uh, don't understand a word that you're saying. <laughs> what? Um, so, what's what's the what's the goal of this project and this research?
1: Okay, so the goal of this process is to prove a uh, process project. Sorry, <laughs> is to prove something that's been proven in rodent models, mm-hmm. and it's that um, we want to see if the formation of these new brain cells can mm-hmm. In the zebrafish, that is a result of the exercise that we're going to be putting them through, which is going to be intense exercise, Mm -hmm. um, swimming and that kind of stuff, um, if it is going to lead to memory loss. And the way we're going to see memory loss is through uh, training the fish to associate shock with color, Mm. um, uh, kind of teaching them that. And then after time and after those new neurons form to see if they're going to forget that that
0: what we just you know mm-hmm. taught them kind of thing. And would yeah. this help later on in uh, showing how there's memory loss in humans? Is that is that the end goal? So
1: the zebrafish is a really cool model um, because a region in its brain is actually similar to something that we have. Mm-hmm. There's um, an evolutionary origin between the two. So um, so yeah, it can help to really cool. in the future to kind of generalize to to humans.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really awesome, um, and I know that you. you actually um, also were a sorry, a, an assistant for a professor, right? Yeah, this was last year. Yeah. So, how was that um, experience, and how did you get? How did you land that?
1: Okay, so that was actually um, a really cool experience because it was.
0: Oh, one sec! I think we lost you there.
1: Oh no, we're still
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I was saying that that was a, a
1: little different experience because um, it was more of a job, and I didn't have my own project. It was more um, I was an assistant basically. I would help grad students or even the professor himself um, if they needed help with their experiments, kind of general lab maintenance, um, some you know different lab techniques. I would join in on meetings, um, and I was actually getting paid for that, so it was like a position um, that I applied to um, at U of T through this um, website that we have, which is called CLN, and mm-hmm. it has different um, job opportunities for students. So that's a, also a great way to get involved if, if you're a student at U of T.
0: That's really cool. Um, we're going to take a little break just to show people our um, just the our sponsors uh, offer. So we're going to bring that up really quickly.
1: لبيروت من قلبي سلام لبيروت وقبل للبحر والبيوت كأنها وجه بحار
0: So all of the, uh, this print is actually from Malak Wazne Photography, our sponsor for this week, and all of the profits from the sale of this print will be donated to people directly impacted by the explosion in Beirut, which happened a few weeks ago. Um, the impact of the explosion was really big on people, so it is very um, important that, you know, people get these uh, donations out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sara, so um, going into just a little bit on your career development and preparation at the college level, what advice do you give to people who, I mean, your process was very different, I think, than a lot of people, and you had to go over a lot of um, different, (laughs) you know, you had to overcome a lot of different things in order to get to where you are. So what, how do you prepare for the next steps and know what's going to come next?
1: Um... Honestly, you never know what's going to come next. (laughs) But um, a really good way to approach this is to um, talk to other professionals. So the way I did this was reach out to, I would talk to grad students, I would talk to my professors, um, research technicians, um, students that are maybe like when I was still in third year, fourth year, Mm -hmm. um, and just ask questions like, What can I expect here? What do you think I should do to succeed here? Um, How can I do this? How can I do that? How can I get more involved in this? Um, So just really reach out to them and ask questions. And people are generally really nice and they're willing to help you and give advice. Um, So yeah, that's that's a way to
0: approach it. Do you, in your opinion, do you think that success in high school directly impacts how successful you're going to be um, at the college or university level? um
1: no i do not think so i think that you can change a lot um you can be a different person in high school and then go into university and achieve all your goals and become really successful um so even if you weren't involved in high school and didn't have the best grades you can still do amazing in in a university or a college um it's definitely a lot related and also they work differently you know university uh, school high school is a bit more general um in university or college you kind of get to go more into your field and so that kind of helps you um get more into what you want to do and you're more excited and you put in the work because you know this is going to get me somewhere and this is what mm-hmm. I want to do in the future in high school it's you know we're all just figuring ourselves out and it's not as clear our goals are not as clear
0: mm mm-hmm. Another um, aspect of what you do that I want to bring up is the science communication part. What is science communication and how are you um, how are you doing that?
1: So science communication
0: is basically communicating
1: science to a general audience mm-hmm. in just a really fun, simple way. We see it now, even with COVID, like it's really important. We know how important it is that people get the right information um, and we know how dangerous misinformation can be. Mm -hmm. Um and science is sometimes complex and it's hard to understand. So um when you're communicating it to an audience, you really have to simplify it and make it seem appealing and give them a reason that they should listen to you. So um I'm someone who likes to take, you know, complex topics and kind of simplify them. Mm -hmm. So so science communication is a way to do that. And I just really I find it really fun and I just Love talking about science. And if you want people to listen to you, you have to, you know, talk in a really simple way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you have to let them, uh, I think, digest that information and understand it in a way that's uh, maybe relatable and also reliable at the same time. Exactly. Um, what do you do in order to keep up in this world? Because it's very hard to keep up uh, with everything that's changing and evolving, especially in a time like uh, what we're going through right now. Yeah, that's
1: that's very true. Um, Instagram, honestly, is my number one source of information. I there's a bunch of cool scientists on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons why I started my Instagram page, um, they put the information out there, reliable sources. They do mm-hmm. their research. They don't spread any misinformation. And you know, they have these really cool pictures, and then their captions are very engaging. Um, they go on live sometimes. They post videos. Um, so watching those and reading those, it it helps me, you know, um, you know, stay up to date, I guess, on yeah. recent science news, um, whether it's health, lifestyle, medicine, um, you know, something specific about zebrafish. I also follow someone who's like doing zebrafish research. So, so it's, cool. yeah.
0: Um, and I understand that you also try to do this through your blog by incorporating also fashion in um, science communication, which is really interesting. Um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I um, so I, I would initially when I started the page, I was watching mm-hmm. at that time, I was watching a lot of um, Netflix documentaries mm-hmm. and TV shows uh, science related. Um, a lot of things about like recent technologies like CRISPR, which is gene editing. I'm not sure if you've heard about it, but it's like really big now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a lot of ethics also surrounded um, with it. Um, so so that kind of stuff, watching it, I was like, this is really cool. Like I wanna tell other people about this. And so I would just, after I watched the episode, I would sit down, write some notes and then um, put them into a caption and post them on IG. And then I also, I'm someone who buys a lot of clothes. I also was like, you know, it'll, it would be nice to also, you know, show some outfits and stuff because that's, that's really fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also
0: one of your passions, right?
1: Yeah, because like I wanted to go into fashion initially. So that's <laughs> something that I still love.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: uh, the way I still express that is, you know, through dressing up all the
0: time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then... I think something important to bring up is, you know, how do you, when you're entering career um, choosing in terms of, you know, our culture and traditions, traditionally um, females are, you know, the person who's going to take care of uh, the children in the future and things like that. I know we, you brought this up a little bit in our pre-interview. So I wanted to ask you, how did you get more information on this and how did you decide your career, um, you know, with that in mind as well?
1: Yeah, um, so when I would go to office hours, actually, I wouldn't. I know people think office hours are just for, like, if you're taking a course, a sound Mm bio course, for example, then you have to talk to your prof about that course. Like, that's the only reason you're allowed to go to office hours. Mm -hmm. I would never go to office hours to ask course related questions. I would just, you know, sit down, like, sit down, talk, uh, have a chat with with profs. Um, And they're usually really friendly and they Mm -hmm. want to have conversations with you and they want to get to know you and your goals and your thoughts and everything so i would just ask them a bunch of different things and there's this one professor that i worked with um, that i really looked at, look up to like i thought she was mm-hmm. such a role model and an inspiration to me and she was telling me about how um you know like um it's a big responsibility when you also have a kid and i was telling her oh so like how's that like because i want to have kids in the future and you know is it hard to balance she's like it is and but it's definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. And um, she was telling me about the importance of like, you know, making a calendar for everything. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think like we often think that we can't have a successful career and a family. Mm-hmm. I think that's not true. We can do both. Um, it's just, it's not as normalized, but yeah, women I can think, definitely do both.
0: And I think slowly it's getting more and more normalized. Um, yeah, which is really cool to see. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, important to have support from both sides, you know, from the spouse and from um, also, you know, the career, um, because some careers do make it hard on females in order to reach that goal, right? Um, But yeah, thank you for giving us a little look into that as well. Um, And how do you organize your time? Because I know that you do a lot of things. So (laughs) what's your organization like?
1: I have a lot of calendars. This one beside me is currently empty, but it's usually full. (laughs) Yeah, I have like three calendars. I also have a calendar on my laptop. Mm -hmm. Um, And the best thing I do for myself, to be honest, um, which is something that I think would help a lot of students, is early on in the semester, like first week, max second week, you have your professors usually give out your syllabus. And that's like the document with all the information for your course. Um, so just really open that and read through it and write down all the deadlines They usually give you like in advance, like the this assignment is due on this day. This is when your midterm is expected to be and all that kind of stuff and get a four month calendar because mm-hmm. the semester is usually four months. Right. Yeah. So and just write down all your deadlines so you kind of know what to expect and how you should be allocating your time. Um, so you don't procrastinate and you're halfway through the semester and you're like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I'm going to fail, blah, blah, blah.
0: We actually have a quick question from the audience for you. Um, We're going to pull it up. So thanks for describing your research and passion for science, science communication, and fashion. Are there any links you can share for students who want to get into science communication?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So the way I kind of got into it was um, through other pages on Instagram. I I can link a bunch of um the people that i follow on ig a lot of science communicators and they share different resources all the time so that's a great way to start
0: and if you can share your instagram page um well we can put it up on here on the screen that would be great as well
1: yeah i can do that too like do i type it in or do i just say it
0: oh you can just say it and then we'll we'll put it pull it up
1: okay yeah so it's at sarah forward and then underscore and sarah is with no h
0: Um, okay, so Sarah, what is um, you know the final piece of advice you want to give us for our listeners or what other advice do you have for students who um, are pursuing a career in science?
1: I think for a career in science and any career in general, or even if you're at a point where you're still figuring out what you want to do, the best advice um, I would give and something that I'm working on doing is read, read a lot whether it's articles, books, listening to podcasts, just really feed your brain with the different types of knowledge so you can kind of get an idea of what you're interested in and what you enjoy and figure out what you want to do because mm-hmm. we're often confused about that. And the way to know that is you know, to expose yourself to different information um, because mm-hmm. you want to end up doing something that you enjoy because what's the point of doing it if you don't love it, right? So kind of figuring that out is through reading a lot, Mm -hmm. something that has helped me.
0: That's really good. Um, We have your name up on there right now. So if anyone wants to get more of that science research or uh, more advice from our science communicator Sada, (laughs) then you can reach out to her over here and she'd be happy to help. Um, She mentioned before, she's very happy to help everyone. Uh, Yeah,
1: please feel free to like send a DM, ask, like I get a lot of DMs about like, you know, um, study tips, research tips, and I'm always happy to help. So please reach out, ask questions.
0: Yeah. And the last thing I want to ask you about is how can um, high schoolers or university students find more opportunities for internships? I think that's a little um, hard for people to navigate sometimes.
1: Yeah, it really is, to be honest. Um, So the way we have it at our school is we have this uh, website called CLN. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's somewhere where I find opportunities. And then another way is when I email professors and I say, um, you know, how can I work with you? What are the different options available for us to work together kind of thing? Um, And I think another helpful thing to do is if you don't know the websites, Um, is go to your academic advising center at school and they usually have a lot of information on that Um, and they'll tell you where to go and where to look for because it's different for every school and for everyone
0: yeah thank you so much sara for your advice and for being so helpful and going through the ways that you navigated school Um, really glad to have you on the show Uh, Is there any other final piece, um, advice you want to give before we come to the end? Um, I guess I would say um,
1: try to find good study habits early Mm -hmm. on. Um, There's a lot of helpful YouTube videos on that. And also find what works for you, because what works for someone may not work for for you. Um, Just really try out different things. A, A whiteboard or, like, you know, Uh, sticky notes um different schedules or even like saying the material to yourself just try out different things and try to Mm -hmm. find those good study habits early on so you can be successful um moving through university and find a good study buddy too you can always rely on on friends uh, Mm -hmm. to study with and if there's something that you don't understand you can ask them um, and email your professors also with, with your questions all the time. They're happy to help. Don't feel like I shouldn't be asking these questions. Please email them. I thought that too. I would think, oh, my questions are stupid, but don't <laughs> <be> like that. <laughs> yeah. They're happy to help. That's what they're there for. So yeah. Just put yourself out there.
0: Thank you so much, Sarah. Um, you were just listening to the U Mentor Talk Show. If you miss this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the U Mentor website or also on YouTube. Um and viewers can also connect with our speaker through the professional directory on the Emoja app, which is coming soon. You will see more ad- advertisements for this on the YouTube page. So be sure to look out for our YouTube page and future YouTube videos. Please tune in to the YouMinter Talk show next week at 3 p.m. to hear from our next guest.